Get ready for an all-out cat fight. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Meowth's Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersox. And I'm Kyle Skinner. And we're your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode will focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Twitter at Mouse Madness Pod or send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com. Kyle, back to clean up the litter box. Back to clean up the litter box after a pretty fun episode last time. I don't know that uh, I anticipated talking about some pretty not well-known characters in the Disney universe would be so great, but that was, that was a fun one. I didn't realize I had such strong opinions on it, and I didn't realize how many people we were going to make mad with some <laughs> of our takes on these cats. Apparently, people are very passionate about Oliver and Company. Yeah, who knew? I did. Well, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know either. Oh, my God. I didn't even know people knew that was a Disney movie. You guys are sleeping on it. <laughs> And that voice you hear is my girlfriend, Nina. She is back on the podcast to finish up this cat bracket. Nina, how's it going? Claws are out. All right. Well, she's ready. <laughs> she's very ready to go. Very aggressively ready to go. All right. Before we hop right into our final four bracket here, and before we talk a little bit about refurbs, we are going to talk about our spoonful of sugar. Chris, what are you drinking over there? So I like to get pretty involved with my spoonfuls of sugars. Um, today though, I was feeling a little lazy. I had kind of a, a busy day at work. And so I went with some quick, I went and I stopped by the corner drugstore to just to get some kind of like liquidy beverage I could make like a quick cocktail with. And then I saw this little beauty. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it is a princess Elsa child's fruit juice drink. Okay. And it, it has Elsa's head on it with like a straw sticking out. So I'm drinking from Elsa's dome right now. And it's fruit juice flavored. And I put some uh, red berry vodka in it. Okay. And it's great. I mean, I'm calling it Elsa juice. So, yeah, it's great. It's, it's awesome. It, it might be my favorite thing I've made on this show. <laughs> yeah, that might be the uh, you win. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You win at least the... Uh... The ribbon for best presentation, I'll tell you that. She She's looking right at me, and she's, like, piercing my soul. And I, I put her right next to where your face is. Uh-huh. And so she's, like, judging me, like, everything I say. <laughs> That's incredible. Well, Anyways, what do you got, Kyle? Well, uh, mine's not as exciting, but it's still pretty fun. I uh, also have had the most busy couple of weeks of my life, so I didn't really have time to plan ahead for this segment. But... Uh, Nina went to the grocery store the other day and came back with a beer that is called Baby Kittens. And it just has a bunch of kittens on it. And uh, if you follow us on our Twitter account, uh, we've been starting to post some videos, so you'll be able to see what this looks like. But it's just a hazy IPA, and it has a bunch of kittens on the label, and it was very fitting for this episode. So I'm stoked about it. Nina, what are you drinking tonight? I'm back at it again with my red wine. Um, still sad that Thackeray Banks is no longer in this bracket. So just uh, pouring one out from the little homie. All right. Well, before we get into our final four cats, tis the season at all of the Disney resorts. 
the ones that are open right now, anyways. Um, it's refurb season, which means a lot of rides going down two weeks, three weeks, some for a couple months, some the rest of the year. Just to give a, give these rides some TLC, it's a good time to do it because traditionally this is not a very busy time at uh, amusement parks. So it's a good time to do it. Doesn't seem like there's an off season anymore nope. at all. No. Nope. But, um, but alas, they have to do it at some point. So now is the time they're doing it. So we thought it would be fun to talk about some rides that we think deserve a massive refurb. Snow White Scary Adventures getting one at the Disneyland Resort, a ride that I personally love, and they're trying to make it less scary, which I think is a crime because that's like my favorite thing about yeah, it. Yeah, it's the Why best thing about that? it. That's hilarious. I that's love awesome. taking people on it who have no idea what's coming. They're like, oh, Snow White, right? All right, cool. And then it's like, there's the witch. Including <laughs> myself. It'll get you. It'll get you. So, um, oh, man. Yeah, that one's going to be down for a while. I guess Indy's going down soon for an extended refurb. Yeah. Uh, Haunted Mansion is getting a little one um, after they're taking down the holiday overlay. So, Kyle, are there any attractions that you would like a, a total overhaul, close it down for like eight months, a year, and just give it a refresh? Yeah, man. I uh, I was been thinking about this today, and the perfect ride came to mind for me. And it's... Uh, Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin. I think that what they wanted to do with Roger Rabbit was they really wanted him to become like the next Mickey Mouse. And they were trying to get that adult demographic into the parks uh, in the 80s into the 90s. And this this was going to be their way. And it just fell so flat. Um, the original version of the ride seemed super exciting. The taxi that you currently spin in spun as it does now, but it spun like it was nuts. They didn't have doors on the cars. Like, they didn't have the little thing under the car. And it's all because, unfortunately, a little kid got trapped under it and ended up dying because of it. So, of course, they had to make it safer. But I think that they can really just go through that ride, gut it, and maybe incorporate some sort of uh, trackless system like they use in Ratatouille over uh, over in uh, Epcot. Or that's going to be in Epcot currently in Paris. Um, and, and just make it this crazy experience ride that's just as crazy as the movie. The ride right now is crazy, it's, but it's just a bunch of kind of 2D neon characters that are you're just flying towards. I think that they could do a really good job of it. Plus, I love that movie. I think it's awesome. So they could, uh, they could give it a little love. Um, yeah, it's a good movie. I think pretty underrated and kind of forgotten. Yeah, absolutely. And the soundtrack's phenomenal. And it's it's all the kind of cameos from characters across the cartoon world. It's fun. It's cool. Uh, Chris, what, what would you refer? Tomorrowland needs a lot of work in a lot of places. Um, you could make the case for pretty much anything over there to get a nice refurb. But one that I think is really long overdue is one with a massive footprint, and that's the Autopia. Yes, sir. And this is something people talk about all the time, but no one's really sure because it's one that often has a sponsorship associated with it. These gasoline-powered cars are... <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they're not terribly unenvironmentally friendly, but, they're pretty you know, <laughs> yeah. 
You can make them little electric cars or something like that. I would like to keep the ride. I think it's cool because, uh-huh. you know, adults could be like, oh, that's stupid. Like, <laughs> driving a car, like, that's not cool. But, like, when I was a little kid, I thought it was really cool to, like, yeah. drive a car. I mean, those are, like, the simple things that can make a child really excited to be at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. And so I think they could definitely do something really fun with it. Maybe add some unique like tunnels or dark ride elements to it. Um, obviously that gets a little bit tricky when drivers are regulating their own speed. So you probably have to have a cast member or two stationed somewhere if there are like, you know, tunnels and stuff to make sure ever the traffic's moving along. But, you know, I think, I think we'll get something from it in the next like five years. I think they'll do something about it. They really need to. Yeah, it's a it's a massive footprint in Tomorrowland that they need to just take care of, or eventually, uh, Parks Leadership is going to come in and try and axe it. So, but I agree with you. Like, I loved that ride growing up because it was cool, and you got to drive your own car. And at one point, uh, when Chevron was a sponsor, they had. Um, I, I, I'm sure they still do it, but you could get like a, a driver's license and take your yeah. photo and you'd get it. They probably still do it, but that was like a big memory of mine was uh, getting a driver's license there. Um, so yeah, I agree. Uh, Nina, kind we kind of just threw this topic on you, but do you have any rides at the park that you think could use a little refurb? I mean, probably Dory's submarine ride. <laughs> Great concept but gives you a headache Mm. yeah i don't know the subs are pretty problematic as it is because it was uh originally the super cool like twenty thousand leagues under the Mm -hmm. sea sort of thing and it was it was this the novelty of being able to go underwater in a submarine was great and and now you're just in like a claustrophobic tube (laughs) and you're looking through uh a porthole uh, a lot of it is just uh, screens behind glass on the other side of the water. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, I was really excited when the subs reopened because that was probably my favorite ride when I was a little, little guy at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember going on them. I was probably like 14, 15 when they came back. And I think I was there opening day, I think. Oh, man. Yeah, and I think we waited like five hours or something, and uh, I just remember getting off and being like, dude, that wasn't that sick. (laughs) Um, And so uh, unless like the line is like confined to the station, I don't really bother with that. Super low capacity, super wasteful, uses a bunch of water. It's really, really, really boring. They have kind of like a similar version of it at Epcot. It's basically like an omni mover and it's all right it's like it does the same thing and it's way more efficient and practical um and they even have an original song uh if you've never heard it look it up it's it's <laughs> not great but it gets stuck in your head so and uh tokyo <laughs> disney weird. sea has a version as well but it's steampunk and i'm pretty sure it's uh twenty thousand leagues under the sea related so um they have their own sub ride i didn't go on it when i was there but um, yeah, these these subs are a semi staple of the parks, but yeah, I agree. I mean, we could. Do it's another else. thing with a huge footprint that yeah, like right. it's large and it's photogenic and it's like kind of the postcard spot where you have like 
at one time the people mover and the monorail and the train mm-hmm. and the Matterhorn all kind of and the Autopia cars like right and the submarines and the Skyway like everything, everything was all kind of like right on. there yeah um, it's a good but they filled it in at the Magic Kingdom in Florida and put Winnie the Pooh there and no one really cares anymore <laughs> so I hope if they do get rid of the subs they they keep the water feature and do something with the lagoon that's not subs Love only because. Mm, no only because (laughs) like the just the having that water feature there next to the Matterhorn is such an aesthetic like aesthetically pleasing thing I think it's important for that that section what if they did like a nighttime spectacular like on the opposite side of the park so you got Fantasmic on one side and then you got like some other like fountain show maybe it could be earlier in the day could be like later at night like right before the park closes or something yeah, that's, hey. just, that's just a random thought. I mean, to the Disney execs listening to this podcast, give us a call. We got some ideas. <laughs> All right, refurbs are out of the way. It is time to get down to business. We have a final four to decide. We need to pick the best Disney cat. And to refresh everybody's memory, our first matchup is number eight, Rufus from The Rescuers, versus number five, Sassy from the Homeward Bound movies. And on the other side, it is number two, Thomas O'Malley from The Aristocats. Verse number 14, The Sleeper, Mr. Whiskers from Frankenweenie. Chris, I will go ahead and pass it off to you to start us off. Okay. So I'm going to talk about Rufus first. Last episode, we acknowledged that Rufus is like an old cat, and there aren't a whole lot of old cats um, on this bracket or in the Disney canon. So uh, he's really unique in that way. He's very wise, and he's really good friends with Penny. So I would say those are positive cat qualities. And something we didn't really touch on is that although cats are really independent creatures, which is something we gave a lot of these cats credit for mm-hmm. last episode, we're like, oh, yeah, independent, like does his own thing, like kind of pops in and pops out. What a good cat. We didn't really talk a whole lot about like cat companionship and while cats are independent creatures, I think being a companion is an essential part of being a cat. Sure. Um, I mean, that's why they're domestic animals. You know, mm-hmm. it's not, at the end of the day, they come home, right? Um, and Rufus is a super loyal cat. Super, super, super loyal. Um, and I really respect that about him. Uh, he's really motivating. So that makes him a good companion for Penny. He uh, drops some weird, like, quote about bluebirds or something like gives penny hope that she's going to be adopted one day because bluebirds are flying or i don't know man (laughs) that movie is a little messy in places but i i remember i I, like i was supposed to be really touched by this but um there's an implication that like no one in the orphanage pays attention to rufus except for penny um and like no one pays attention to penny except for rufus so they're a really good team good match Here's the problem I have with all of that stuff. Do you think wisdom goes with cat? When I think of like old and wise, I think of a dog. I don't know why, but when I think of a cat, Mm -hmm. I think of smart and clever. But Rufus doesn't really strike me as either of those things. He just strikes me as like old and wise like he's seen a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. i almost feel like he kind of profiles better as a dog in the dog's bracket shadow was a champion be 
not the champion, but a champion because of his wisdom, right? Like sure. he had been through a lot and he'd seen a lot and he was like just the old wise dog. I think that's a great trait for a dog, but I don't know if that trait really works for me well when it comes to cats. So I think that kind of works against Rufus for me. Um, I would also like to point out that I made a mistake last episode when I said that that one scene in the orphanage was the only scene that Rufus is in. He actually comes back at the end of the movie. <laughs> He's in the news broadcast when they show that Penny got adopted. And, like, he doesn't say anything. Penny just picks him up, and he, like, makes, like, a weird face because he doesn't like being picked up. <laughs> Very cat thing. But I just wanted to point out that I was factually incorrect last episode, and I'm correcting myself. Um Ultimately, um, I don't think I can advance Rufus over Sassy. I think that Rufus just isn't featured enough in the movie. Um, I think every bracket that we do has that kind of like sneaky entry that we kind of overlook when we look at all 16. But as we talk through it and we break it down more, we gain kind of like a new appreciation for a thing or a character. I think Rufus is that person for me in this bracket. I definitely was like, who is this guy? Why is he here? But I really like him a lot. I think he definitely like earned his way to the final four. I think he's a strong pick. I think he's a great cat. Um, but I I just don't think he uh, is better than Sassy and maybe we can talk about Sassy next round some more but she's really um, kind of more of a complete package and the, fa the, the fact that she's featured in the entire movie um, I think gives her the advantage over Rufus yeah if I were to go first in this one I was probably going to say about the same thing about Rufus like I think that companionship is a great quality of a cat that we kind of overlooked last time um, I don't know that I completely agree with the the wisdom uh, being more of a dog quality than a cat because I can see cats having wisdom and it's it, it's just in a different form. It's like they they know enough to not engage in chasing certain things or they if you call them over. Uh, and you don't have anything in your hands they're wise enough to like not get tricked by that so like there's a there's a bit of wisdom in cats um but i understand what you mean by like his type of wisdom which is this kind of stoic wisdom that is definitely attributed to dogs more often than cats especially in in the media and, and in these cartoons um but i yeah i agree we don't really need to sit on this for too long because i think uh just the you get to see so much more of Ka of sassy throughout the entire movie and you get to see the many many different traits of a, of a cat including companionship right like she loves her owner um a lot and and will obey her owner but is a little wary of everything else and that's kind of, that's what cats do um so yeah i'm with you i'm moving sassy on to to the finals as well uh, Nina, do you have Sassy moving over past Rufus here? I do. Um, I'll save some of the reasons why I love Sassy. All right, all right, all right. Um, well. However, I will. <laughs> I do want to add that I think it's hilarious that Rufus has a glasses and a mustache. <laughs> and the, I just think it's funny. <laughs> all right. What other cat do you know with glasses and a mustache? I mean, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, great analysis. Thank you for breaking that down for us. 
That was my two cents. Yeah, appreciate it. We're moving on to the next Final Four matchup. It's number two, Thomas O'Malley, uh, versus number 14, Whiskers, Mr. Whiskers from Frank and Weenie. Um, so after uh, completely taking a dump on the Aristocats the last episode, uh, I felt like it, I needed to go back and watch the Aristocats. Um, I, I mean, it hadn't been long since I've seen it the first time uh, or the most recent time. But I felt like I, I've, I was saying some opinions about how that movie is and how I didn't care about it. So I went back and rewatched it and I still don't care about this movie. <laughs> I still don't care about this movie. I was about to like slap you through the screen. I still don't care about this movie. However, that being said, I have grown a much new appreciation for Thomas O'Malley. <laughs> Thomas O'Malley is the definite... Look up Cool Cat in the dictionary. <laughs> you're going to see Thomas O'Malley's face. That dude is so smooth. So smooth. Like, everything that he did and said in that movie was with an intention, and he just, he's chill. He played it cool. Oh, Marie is doing something dumb again? Uh, it's chill. I'm going to go save her. Uh, oh, Marie decided that she was going to jump in the water for some reason? I, I'm, let me swim. Let me save her. Uh, I'm going to mess with these geese, and I'm going to almost drown and then, and then survive because I'm a cool cat. Uh, he participates in one of the most underrated songs in the entire Disney catalog, which is uh, everybody wants to be a cat. That song's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, it is such a good song. Um, I don't know. I I'm hype off of Thomas O'Malley. <laughs> it, that dude is cool. Uh, he's also he he also just shows a lot of cat traits and companionships. One of them, not only as a companion and as a uh, a member of the family to his new kind of adopted family, which also didn't take him very long to like accept. Usually in these kind of like lady in the tramp type movies it takes one of them a little longer to warm up to the others this dude was ready he was like he almost sent them on his way and he was like oh no i'm i'm with it i'm here we go um and then also at the end like when uh they he helps take down edgar and he's just like i'm part of this house now and i have an owner and it's chill and i'm gonna let this owner like part my fur into this little <laughs> hairstyle and we're gonna take this picture like he's all about it he's just so chill and he's a cool cat um his mannerisms for being a cartoon cat were pretty like advanced for the time of the movie and you you got the feeling that he was more than a, of a cat than a person which is something that like i was taking out of from like mittens let's say like Mittens was too much of a human and not enough cat, but they did a good job. Like, Thomas O'Malley was a cat, and even every movement this cat made was that of a cat. Mr. Whiskers, I mean, phenomenal, right? We think Mr. Whiskers is hilarious and scary, and he's a little meme cat. Um, the, the only issue is he doesn't stay a cat for the entire movie, and Thomas does. And so we don't, we, whenever he, when he turns into the mutant thing, we got to throw, that's out of, that's not evidence, toss that evidence out. Um, But before that, he's great. He's weird. He's creepy. Some cats are creepy. Um, He's obviously a companion to his owner, whose name I don't even remember. Um, I don't think she has a name. I think she's just called Creepy Girl. Creepy Girl, great. (laughs) And then you brought up a million times, like this poop gag, man. It's one of the greater gags of recent memory. Um, That being said, like... Thomas O'Malley, he he's number two seed for a reason. This dude is, he's a cat through and through. I'm moving Thomas O'Malley on to the finals. 100% agree. Uh, 
I would like to note that that quadrant of the bracket that Mr. Whiskers was in was extremely weak to begin with. Um, and we advanced him on his cat poop alone. And, you know, we'll always have his cat poop to remember when we think of this bracket in the future. We but sure will. I agree. Thomas O'Malley, he's a beast. We'll talk about him some more next round. He's got yeah. a much tougher matchup. Yep, he but, does. Uh, we're moving Thomas O'Malley on. Nina, do you have any final words for Mr. Whiskers? Oh, Mr. Whiskers. I love a scary cat. Um, Creepy cat, yeah. And that, those big eyes were great. But yeah, Thomas O'Malley is a... He's a great cat. Big cat. <laughs> well, that means we have reached our finals of this Best Disney Cat Bracket. We did it. We have... Number five, Sassy from Homeward Bound, live action. Verse number two, Thomas O'Malley from the Aristocats, a not great movie from the the not great years of Disney and uh, the Aristocats. So, Chris, I'm put. I'm gonna just put it on you. You're leading this one off. Let's start this discussion because what's I we got. There's some thoughts here. This is a this is an extremely extremely tough one. Here's a our approach so far. Which one is the most cat-like, right? Uh And these two are both perfect. Mm -hmm. So this is going to come down to like a pick your poison. Yep. All right. And it'll be interesting to see what we go with. But these cats are so different at the same time, right? Mm -hmm. And you can see that in the way that they're both introduced in the movie. All right. So you got Sassy. She's in Homeward Bound. And the first time you see Sassy, Chance is like munching on some underpants or something in a suitcase. And she's like, you woke me up from my cat nap. You disgusting dog. And she's just like angry at Chance for being a dog. And she's like disgusted by him. And soon after she does the cats rule, dogs drool thing. And she represents all of those like morally superior, intellectually superior like uptight, grumpy, irritable, sassiness, like those type of cat traits, which are all the spot on, right? Like yeah. you t- said it the best. And I had this written down that like they did such a good job with Thomas O'Malley and Sassy in like giving them human voices and like really acting like people, but still holding on to so many of their cat traits. And I think that that's something they didn't do so well with all the dogs, right? It was like the talking dogs just kind of like were people and like the doggy dogs were like actual dogs. And so here at the end of the cat bracket, we got two cats who talk like people, but still act like cats. Yeah. Like, what does that say? What does that say? Does it just mean that like cats are more distinct creatures in their personalities? Or is it just like, just like luck of the draw, like these characters happen to be written better than the dogs? Yeah, I I think it's a... A bit of both it's a little bit easier to tell uh the the story of a cat and the personality of a cat i think because everyone just kind of has the same mindset of what a cat is but then you have so many different variations of dogs to where like either the dog is brave and noble or it's a species that's like silly and dumb and just kind of like a goober and like there's and both of those are fine to represent a dog but with a cat there's a, one very distinct kind of uh character that a cat embodies and i think that we broke that down and we found the two so i would also say like physiologically like dogs and cats dogs have way more variations than 
cats do. And I think that just speaks to maybe like variation in personality and caricature of cats. <laughs> yeah. And I was going to say also, like, we approach that dog bracket with a lot of questions like, oh, which cat or which dog would I want to own? Like, which one do I want to curl up at the foot of my bed? We haven't said that once about any of these cats. <laughs> I mean, can that. you own a cat? I don't know. Cat owns you, you know? Right. Yeah. But uh, it's just really interesting. I mean, humans don't really have that same kind of, like, dependent relationship on each other like like you do with a dog, you know? Um, cats always kind of doing their own thing. And both of these cats... At the end of this bracket, they do do their own thing. They just do do their do their business in a little bit of a different way. Yeah. Right? And both of these cats are homeless, and then they are trying to return home. Right. So you get to see both of these cats experiencing, like, freedom. Sassy maybe not doesn't necessarily want to be free, but, you know, she's still out there. She kind of needs a little bit more help than Thomas O'Malley does. <laughs> you know, sassy, sassy is sassy, you know? Yeah. She's a sassy cat. And Thomas O'Malley, like I said last episode, is definitely like an alpha cat. You know, he's mm-hmm. almost like a Simba. Okay, enough rambling. Let's break down these one by one, okay? It's Thomas O'Malley. His intro is incredible, right? <laughs> yes. He sings yeah, a song. He just, he just walks in. He just, he's just going, man. <laughs> he's singing, and he's 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 like prancing and he's like going through all of these like physical cat movements throughout the entire song. And also while he's like speaking with Duchess for the first time, he's just like rolling over on his back and he's like, it's so interesting. Yeah. Like he's such a fun character to watch like yeah. at all times. Like you could just fast forward through all the terrible stuff in Aristocats <laughs> and just watch oh the Thomas O'Malley scene. I agree. I'm going to make a YouTube video that's just the Thomas O'Malley scene from the Aristocats. <laughs> uh, and it's going to get millions of views. More than the Disney Plus version of Aristocats. Yeah, please. My favorite part is when he like climbs up onto the branch and like Duchess is looking up at him and he like pats the little like flowers and they're just like mm-hmm. sprinkling down on her. <laughs> Smooth. It's like Salt Bay, but like, <laughs> like little salt flower petals. Um, I got a question for you. I don't yeah. really I don't really understand how to interpret this, but his song, it goes, um, I'm Abraham DeLacy, G U Casey, Thomas O'Malley. <laughs> O'Malley the Alley Cat. Who is Abraham DeLacy? Who is Giuseppe Casey? I think he just has a long name. You think that's like his oh. full name? He has like six names. That's his full name. I think that because I think uh, Duchess says something. I know this because I've watched Aristocats a lot of times because I love this movie. <laughs> Duchess mentions something like, oh, they know your name all the way or your name would go all the way back to Paris, like making some kind of a comment about how long his name is. You're right. That is his full name. It's everything he names there. That's his full name, but he goes by Thomas O'Malley. Aristocats yeah. trivia winner goes to? <laughs> that's not, that's not. This, Cause this. I was interpreting it as a like tramp thing where like he has a bunch of names. Right. Oh, like he's a, uh, ha- many different personalities, like a, yeah. like a con artist. Yeah. <laughs> I guess both of them work, but um, I was like, I I was thinking this movie is a lot like Lady and the Tramp in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. you know, cats. Yeah. but it's cats. Another part of the song I want to talk about, this is a great lyric, all right? He says it wrong. The guy who voices Thomas O'Malley says it wrong, but he says, 
Gotta strut them city streets showing off my eclat. Which, E-C-L-A-T, is a French word. It's supposed to be pronounced eclat. <laughs> but Thank you for that. No one would know what that is, so he said eclat, which is right. really wrong. But it basically <laughs> means like, it basically means like fanciness and like, uh, yeah, like kind of like an outward display of like dopeness, basically. Yeah, and uh, I think I think that's cool. That kind of describes Thomas O'Malley really well. He's like a proud dude. Yeah, you know, I think that's a strong character trait, strong cat trait too. Yeah, yeah. You know, hence the big cat thing, Pride Rock, lions. He's just a tiny lion, Thomas O'Malley, <laughs> Simba Junior. Simba. I imagine him just being like a massive tabby cat too, <laughs> just like real. My parents have a bi- real big cl- cat, and I feel like it would be even bigger than that. <laughs> on the one hand, I'm like, Thomas O'Malley, really independent guy, does his own thing, plays by his own rules, super cat thing. But he also, like you said, has that like underlying desire to have a family too, right? Mm-hmm. And I love that part that you talked about last round where he looks right into the camera and he's like, Come to think of it, O'Malley, you're not a cat, you're a rat. Yeah. Like like he's uh he's being like a loner and a drifter and just like doing your own thing, like that's not necessarily a good thing, you know? Like it can feel cool, but like what's a cat need? Cat needs some kittens, man. And then he mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, he's like, Hold up. Nah, I got this. Yeah, he was you. like, Oh, you have kids? Hmm. Oh wait, but I like it. Yeah, you. that part was weird. That part was a little weird. And then like <laughs> there's like a there's like a slow scene where like he's talking to Duchess about like being the cat dad and like the kittens are like, He's gonna be our daddy and then yeah. he's like and he's like, Nah and they're like, Oh, we almost got a dad <laughs> Yeah, I know. I thought that line was so funny. We well, we almost got a dad. <laughs> okay. Um <laughs> uh, so anyways, that's Thomas O'Malley. Love the guy. He has so many like good qualities. I would probably prefer to own Thomas O'Malley as a cat over Sassy. I do like I do like a good Himalayan, like floofy, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But yeah. O'Malley's chill, man. So yeah. so basically what it comes down to is you got the chill cat and then you got the sassy cat. Yeah. Which one I mean, which one do you go with? I don't I don't know, man. Like, I really don't know. <laughs> it's so hard. Um you know, the fact that Sassy's a real cat, I don't know if that should give her points or take points away. Because we're talking Disney cat, right? Sure. We did share that tweet on our Twitter where Thomas O'Malley is in, like, the employee-only Valentine's Day cat. He's, like, the cat <laughs> representative of, like, the Valentine's Day pin set. Yeah. Thomas O'Malley's, like, holding flowers in his little, like, tie. So I don't, I don't know. I guess he's like featured more in the marketing material than I thought he was. I don't know if I've ever seen Thomas O'Malley on anything in my life, but maybe I'm not <laughs> looking, maybe I'm not looking hard enough for him. Yeah, I mean, I'm just gonna have to go with my gut on this one. I'm just gonna have to go with like who I like better, who I want to see more of, who I enjoy watching on screen, who like just from a purely biased perspective, who do I want to win this bracket? I want Thomas O'Malley to win. I'm going with I'm going with Tommy O, Giuseppe Casey, Abraham DeLacy. I'm 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 putting my vote and locking it in right now. Thomas O'Malley, best Disney cat. All right, let's let's talk a little bit about Sassy before we 
we start making some decisions around here. As you said, like Sassy is also just such a quintessential cat, just like Thomas, like but in her own way because she has the and just a separate sort of uh, cat personality where it's this kind of like. I mean, I wish I had another word than sassy, but that's what she is, and she's uh, she's independent but seeks companionship so much so that like she's hanging around these dogs that she pretends to be annoyed about, but that she actually like loves, right? Like she travels with them, she lives with them, she loves to tease them, but at the end of the day, like those that's her little like pride. That's that's her crew. Same with Thomas. Like he he was alone and he was independent, and he like realized what he really seeks is having kind of this belonging of his own and he he went and found it um i was going to use like sassy taking like her pride too far and like almost killing herself but <laughs> thomas did the same thing <laughs> yeah literally, literally the like thing. literally the same thing literally the same thing these cats um, are so similar like it's hard to like yeah, give are. one an advantage yeah exactly i think uh it like god they're so similar and like even like even the escape from the pound is so similar to the capturing of edgar it's nuts Mm -hmm. it's like the the cat orchestrates how this thing's gonna go down and then the cat leads it and makes it happen and they the outcome is the animals win like that's just it, it was the same thing but how are they going to do my dude Edgar like that? Just toss him out and he's going to end up in a trunk? Do you see how easily they toss that Timbuktu. trunk into the back of, <laughs> of the truck to get head to Timbuktu, wherever that is in relationship to Paris? Um, yeah, it, this oh, man, this is so difficult because you're right. They are such similar cats. And I want to uh, give Sassy a, a chance here, but her, it's... It, Thomas is the cat, man. Like, he's just the cat. And, like, unless you grew up watching Homeward Bound, you don't know who Sassy is. And that's not a knock against her. And, like, just yeah, because Thomas is, is a little bit more on marketing material, because, sure, but, like, I, if you didn't watch it growing up, you don't know who Sassy is. She's a great cat, but you're like, I don't know who this is. And then try showing a kid Homeward Bound now. Like, they're, we'll get, put this, turn this off, right? Um, I, yeah, man, Sassy's great, and she's, uh, she's the, like, quintessential house cat, Thomas is the quintessential cat turned house cat, and I just, I think that his chill, who, like, who would I want to own? Definitely not, (laughs) if it's gonna be Thomas. He's chill and awesome. I love Thomas. So, Chris, we did it. Because I am declaring, go ahead, say his full name for me. Abraham DeLacy, Giuseppe Casey, Thomas O'Malley, O'Malley the Alley Cat. That cat with that E-clat, baby, let's go. That is our winner (laughs) of the best Disney cat bracket. We need to clap this one out. It did not much contention, but boy, was a good discussion. Nina, you looked over at me and you said, I feel different. I want to hear your thoughts on that last matchup there because you have some. Now I feel like I should have said more about Sassy previously. But so first, I love Aristocats. I think it's a fabulous movie. movie. How dare you guys? I love I love the drunk Uncle Goose. I love the the like dogs bit. Um, 
every time I watch the movie, I forget that the butler is the bad guy. And I'm like, oh, wait, yeah, that's right. Um, Spoiler alert for all of the people who have definitely not seen Aristocats. um, But I love Aristocats, and I agree with all the sentiments with Thomas O'Malley. However, I feel like cats are always used as imagery for, like, the feminine, female power, um, all the, like, feminist movement stuff has have used cats in their, um, in everything. So I just felt like it should be a girl cat that wins. Mm-hmm. Although I love Thomas O'Malley and Aristocats, so it's hard for me. I, that's why I said I feel different. I feel conflicted. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's I feel too many feelings. extremely valid point, And that's why you're on the show to provide that perspective. Um, unfortunately, like, Thomas O'Malley is the cat <laughs> from one of your favorite movies. I also, and... I love a rescue cat, and he is technically a rescue. <laughs> I mean, yeah, basically. And the, what do they call the, the duchess's, the mom, the lady? Madame. Madame. She also then... Not only rescues Thomas, but takes in all the homies. <laughs> and she's like, I'm starting a home for all the cats and packers. Also, we need to talk about that for a quick second. <laughs> she's like, uh, her her homeboy attorney, who's also probably her lover, that was kind of you hinted at at the beginning. <laughs> yes. She was like, oh, Alfred, the attorney's coming to Edgar. Can you let him in? Or do you know what who he is? And he was like, oh, we like know who he is. He was, like, hinting that, like, he's over all the time. And I was like, either she's been divorced a lot or she's having this love affair with her attorney. Who cares? Whatever. But the attorney... Probably both, honestly. But the... uh, Probably both. But the attorney was like, "Uh, what? Is that music I hear? And she's like, oh, yeah, I I rescued all the cats. (laughs) So she's, like, fine that they're just starting this jazz band in in cat her jazz cat jazz band which she can't understand the cats speaking to her because they just meow to her but then they're they're throwing down in the living room just the one of the best songs in disney history you're just... you like you're like where'd she get all these instruments <laughs> yeah like the cats brought them i don't know she was fine with it yeah that part was pretty funny all right chris we've done it another bracket in the books uh how, how'd you feel about this one I felt great. I feel very satisfied with how everything went down. Um, Figaro, I feel like, kind of got the short end of the bracket here. But um, you know what? I'm fine. Thomas O'Malley, great cat. Very worthy winner. And uh, welcome to the Hall of Fame, buddy. He's going to be hanging in the rafters forever. Now, if you want to get a hold of us, or suggest the next bracket. We're always looking for bracket suggestions, and we we love to hear from you guys. So if you have another bracket suggestion, if you have any opinions on the cat we chose, I already saw some tweets about the last one saying that Simba was the best Disney cat. Like, uh, Simba was not included in this bracket. Maybe if we did a, a, a big animal bracket, I don't know, but he, he couldn't be in this one. Uh, send him on over. We love the opinions. Uh, tweet at us at Pod. Shoot us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com. We're constantly checking that inbox. We want to see the brackets. We want to see the opinions. We'll read your emails on the show if you want them. Uh, send them. Send everything our way. We're over on Discord. There's been some great trip reports from friend of the show, Tess. Uh, she stood in line forever to get on Rise of the Resistance, and, and she pretty much documented the journey in our Discord, and it was awesome. So 
head over to Discord and join the conversation over there. We're going to start posting some of these drinks that we're making. Can't wait to see the ingredient list for Elsa's <laughs> noggin over there. Um, but as always, thank you for listening. And remember, <laughs> all together now, everybody wants to be everybody, a cat. Everybody wants to be a cat. <laughs> Love it. Remix. Oh.